0: Welcome to Ordinary People with Extraordinary Lives, a podcast dedicated to the testimonies of believers and followers of Jesus Christ. I am your host, Arlenis Bucklew. Welcome back, friends, to another episode of Ordinary People with Extraordinary Lives. I am your host, Arlenis Buckaloo. Thank you so much for listening or for watching to this podcast. And if you're listening for the first time, thank you so, so much for joining us on today's episode. We would love to stay in touch with you guys. And the best way that we can do that is by following us on social media. And you can do that right after this episode by going to the links here on the description. And if you would like to continue supporting our podcast, here are some of the ways that you can do that. We would ask that you'll be praying for us and for our guests as they come to share their testimony. And you're helping right now by just listening and also by sharing with your friends and family and also on your social media, if you are on social media. And you can also subscribe for monthly donations either on Patreon or the Anchor Podcast. Again, you can find all the links here on the description. And all right, friends, now we can move on to introducing my guests for today. Today, we have John Root joining us on the podcast Uh, John, I actually met him because of the Essential Church movie during the summer of uh, July, around July 2023, uh, because he was kindly helping us to promote the Essential Church movie when it came out in theaters. And so John is a sports uh, faith politics host. Uh, He's also a reporter, producer. But most importantly, he is a follower of Jesus Christ, and that is why he will be joining us today, because he is going to share the amazing work of salvation that the Lord has done in his life. And I'm very, very excited for all of us to get to know him and just to find out how the Lord brought him out of darkness into light. So again, friends, thank you so much for joining us. And here's my conversation with John. All right, friends, so I am here with John. John, thank you so, so much for joining me on the podcast.
1: Well, thanks for having me. This is fun. It's
0: really fun just to have you on the podcast because we met because of the Essential Church movie. So you uh, and John Cooper, whom I had on the podcast, I met you guys because of the Essential Church movie. So uh, I know that when when I introduced him, I mentioned that. And I'm so grateful just for the support that you guys have shown to, you know, to our team and, you know, just uh, promoting it on social media. You came to the premiere when we did it. So it was really nice to finally meet you in person. And Sarah, your fiance now, (laughs) back then was your goal
1: story about the essential church. I I got the DVD at the G3 conference. Um, I I bought, I bought one from you guys. And then I was like, great. I can't wait to go home and and see my folks in a month or two. And then we could watch the, uh, the movie together. So I'm, I'm flying out to go see them in California. This lady I'm sitting next to I uh, kind of like peers over my shoulder. I'm reading a book about uh, disagreements uh, or difference and differences and agreements. Uh, it's a book called um, Yeah, Roman Catholics and Evangelicals: uh, Agreements and and Differences. And mm-hmm. this lady's looking over a bunch of stuff about her trip to Israel. And then we got talking, and I was like you seem to really like the reform community. You brought up Vody Bacham. You love John MacArthur. And then we got talking about COVID stuff. And I was like, have you seen the essential church? And she's like, no, I actually haven't. And then I was like, well, you know what? I have a DVD um, and you should just, just watch it. Just take it, watch it. It's got bonus features and everything. And then she hit me up on Facebook and she's like, this is amazing. I love this movie. I didn't know that. You know, it was out here breaking down all this stuff and you know, a huge blessing to her, huge blessing to me. And then I got to watch it. We just uh bought it um off uh I don't know, like Apple T V or something with my folks. Yeah. Loved it. They couldn't stop talking about it.
0: Yeah, yeah, now it's streaming. So now they don't have to wait for the DVD. But yeah, yeah, I mean, just like you, I mean, now, because for the past months, I mean, I haven't been really releasing that many episodes recently, as we are recording today, because for the past month or so, we've been traveling to different conferences, you know, and I got to see you at G3. uh, But then we had another conference in uh, Kentucky, Answers in Genesis, and then we also went to Canada. And it's just been amazing to hear how the Lord has been using this movie, you know, in the lives of people. And I think it's just amazing to see that, you know, originally that was our goal. We were, you know, we were looking to uh, strengthen the church, but also, you know, to share the gospel with unbelievers and for people also to have a better understanding of how to stand up for Christ when something like this happened again, you know, and because it's not if if it's going to happen, but it's when it, it's going to happen, because I'm sure that something like that will happen again. And so uh, it's just been really neat. I mean, just like one quick story that the director, Shannon Halliday, in one of those conferences, um, I think it was at Instant in genesis, they watched the movie right and the next day, we were at the hotel having breakfast and I guess this person who had watched the film. Uh, was there also having breakfast and he is a pastor and he came up to Shannon and he told him thank you so much for making this film before I disagree with you guys and now this movie has changed my mind meaning like he was all about you know closing down and all that stuff you know that everyone went for and so when he watched the film he's like this movie completely changed my mind and so you know praise be to God because that's you know the goal that people will have a better understanding of how to apply Romans 13, you know, in situations like that, what we went through COVID. But yeah, just to say, it's been amazing just to get to know you and Sarah as well, because of the film and <laughs> connecting. But also my friend Emily, whom I work with, when I connected with you through social media, she was like, what, Johnny, I went to school with him. <laughs> What's stupid nowadays. <laughs> she couldn't believe it. Let's go right it it's just amazing to see just like the connection of everyone but yeah so again johnny thank you so so much for for joining me i'm very excited just to i mean this is going to be my first time hearing your testimony today so i'm very very uh, excited for that and to you know to get to know you more um but as i normally do with my guests i like to go back as far as that you can remember of your upbringing you know with your family uh where did you grow up uh, are you the only child you know share as much as you like just Just bring us back to your childhood and what it was like to, you know, to grow up with your family.
1: Yeah, well, it it starts with being born in the uh, San Francisco Bay Area. So I was born in Walnut Creek, California. And every time I bring up like, oh, my gosh, you you lived in California, like the vast majority of your life. Like, how would you turn out? okay? And it's just like it's obviously by the grace of God. And it's always like kind of tongue in cheek because it's like there's so many great people. Uh, including you and everybody at Grace Community Church. There's so many faithful Christians um, in California. But I was born in Wally Creek. I lived there for about the first eight years of my life. And then I think uh, 2000 moved up to the Sacramento area, uh, a place called Rockland, California. Uh, For me, a big part of my story is like – we were like probably lower middle class um that's probably how i describe the root family um was blessed to have a mom and dad in the home and i know a lot of people don't have that blessing got an older brother and a younger sister um and my parents were christians they were saved actually um after they had my brother so they had my brother before they got before they got married and i think my mom i think she was pregnant with me uh when god saved them and it's just like a pretty incredible testimony how they were able to you know kind of get connected with a bunch of different churches and good people and then you know once my sister was born and we moved up to sacramento um, we went to we, we bounced around churches that was always a big thing for us that you know, there's sometimes things that happen in a church that forced us to go elsewhere. And a big part of my testimony is I actually never went to a school for more than two years until high school. So yeah, I went to uh I went to a kindergarten, I went to a first and second, third and fourth, fifth and sixth, junior high, um, and then a high school. So like all all different places. They weren't like massive moves or anything. It was, you know. I went to some Christian uh, schools and then junior high through high school, I went to a public school. The big thing with my testimony is growing up in a Christian home, I had, you know, an understanding of God, probably not really an understanding of his sovereignty or really the doctrine of the Trinity. I didn't really have, you know, I had a reverence for the word, but it really wasn't written on my heart. And I didn't really have really too much of a relationship with christ so i the way i believe is correct is that god saved me when i was in college because i mean going through high school it's like i was stuck in a lot of moralism not in the sense of i was straight edge like how dare you like if if you drink or smoke i'll never talk to you and like it it was one of those like i i played sports i was blessed to play sports i got to play sports at the zoos of pacific um but uh I just never connected with worship. I felt like my voice was horrible. I always made the joke that I was like, man, if I sing too loud, people are going to leave the faith because they're like, there is no God in that voice right there. It's like, I have I have a voice for radio, maybe a little bit or a voice for, for television, but man, singing, it was awful. So I, for me, I liked showing up and listening to the sermon. I just kind of like, I geeked out on that a little bit, uh, but not until we had a a worship service on a Wednesday night chapel at Azusa Pacific. And again, like I know this is where I always try to emphasize in my story that, you know, salvation isn't just some like hyper emotional worship service. I know a lot of that stuff is pushed right now. So I wouldn't say that being saved is an emotional thing. And I know a lot of people try to push that on the reform side where it's like, no, like it's just, of course, it's sound doctrine. There's repentance. There's a clear understanding of, of who God is and knowing that like, you're saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. But I mean, I did have an emotional experience knowing that like God deserves my worship. It does not matter what my voice sounds like. It, it matters the posture of my heart. Uh, while I'm going about this, knowing that this isn't just 20 minutes that I need to just get through. It's like God deserves my worship in song and every aspect of my life. And I I did feel like there was a clear understanding there. I felt like that was like a Holy spirit, like indwelling. That's just like, it's, I can't remember what song we sang. I can't remember what was really going on there, but I had like this understanding, like, okay, I need to dive into the word. I need to understand why do I believe what I believe? I'm not going to have all these things figured out. uh, And I still don't have those things figured out, but that led me to teaming up with a couple of my really, really good friends from high school uh, when I was going back home for the summer after the freshman year of college. And I said, like, we need to go through this baptism class at church and got a clear understanding of you know, really who God is, the importance of baptism, knowing that my profession of faith is doctrinally sound. Um, I wasn't really aware of like the reformed community at that point. Um, But I I really trusted the baptism class what I was going through and even looking back. It's like, yeah, this was this was the right stuff. I got baptized with some of my friends. My family was there and it was just a beautiful thing. But that also doesn't mean that I had it all together and that I was completely living a a lifestyle that was fully honoring God. Like there was definitely times in college I I drank too much. Uh, I don't think I had a problem with it, but there was times where I tried to justify those kind of things. Uh, there's other times where it's like, man, I'm not really diving into the word as much as I, as I should, but I do have this desire though. And I know that I'm not living in this perpetual sin. And I feel like that's like an understanding of the salvation journey there too. It's like, I know that this, this is wrong. I know this is wrong biblically. And I knew with the indwelling of the Holy spirit, that there's a clear understanding of how I should be living my life. And I think a lot of that conviction came once I, Uh, graduated college was blessed enough to work for various different sports teams, including the San Jose sharks in the NHL, Santa Cruz warriors that are the G league team for the golden state warriors, uh, worked at a place called NBC sports, big broadcasting sports broadcasting channel, uh, out of the Bay area and, you know, fully living on your own and being around sports, you know, I had to, you know, I got to go to a new place. I need to learn, um, you know, a little bit more about the Bible. Why do I believe what I believe? If I'm going to be a public figure, if I'm going to be talking about Christ, I need to be able to back it up. Uh, I need to have good mentors. I need to have a good church. I need to have accountability partners. I had a Bible study. Um, And I felt like too, once you start diving into word, that really changes the way that you even go about dating. I'll be completely honest. I And I always joke with Sarah about this. My fiance is like, she's like, man, you were probably like, you probably had some game. You were probably good with, with girls. And I was like, no, like I was awful. Um, it was so bad. And uh, because for me, I know I always got like this, this analysis paralysis cause I'm like, they have to be a Christian of course. Um, but what if they don't know this or that? And then like, I don't want to get caught up, uh, with people that like don't believe Christ or just like proclaim it just because it's a you know, popular thing to do. and. But getting into the scripture, finding a solid church in, in San Jose and and going through the process of working my way up um, to the highest levels of sports. And my next goal was to be working for a major broadcasting company uh, like I was dreamed of working for a place like Fox Sports, ESPN. And granted, this is before the pandemic and this was before like a lot of the wokeness that we see now and that I just felt like I was living a life that was countercultural. Um, I still have my faults. I'm still very much a fallen sinner to this day. I know even today, as I kind of like wrap up this uh, quick breakdown of my testimony is like, I'm going through a discipleship course with my pastor and a couple of my really good friends from church. I, I'm at a really solid reformed church here in downtown Glendale and in Arizona. And man, like I just got some anger issues at times. Uh, and I mean, there's today, I was just like, really stressed out and I've been stressed out. Um, I don't know, like my, I just had a birthday a couple days ago and then, man, I just felt like things were piling up. And then we're thinking about travels for, uh, the holidays. And then I got a wedding coming up and, uh, I'm just like, man, like little things are ticking me off. I'm way too stressed. I'm not casting my cares on Christ. Um, I'm letting the anger get the best of me. Um, but that's where I think there's a clear understanding. Like, thank God for His grace. That doesn't mean that we're going to go out and just be like, "Well, I can say whatever and do whatever, and God's just going to forgive me." But there is times where, you know, like I'm not putting on the full armor, God. It, like right off the bat in the morning, I'm not giving this day to God, and I'm kind of leaving myself susceptible um, to these things and letting the things of the world bring me down and. You know, that kind of just led to a, I mean, right now for people that don't know me, I'm blessed to have a little bit of a platform online. I know that's why you reached out to me and, you know, people like John Cooper, he's a great mentor of mine. Uh, I know we definitely have some, some differences theologically and stuff, but man, he is a solid brother in Christ that uses his platform so well. And that's what I always want to do is use my platform well, because God's given that to me. Um, and I have to be a good steward of that. And I know that's led to like some really heavy conversations um, with some prominent people like uh, Lecrae. Lecrae is a major uh, Christian hip-hop artist, a uh, big part of my growing up. And I know he was a big part of like my faith journey because I know he was coming out with music that I'm like, I like this. I'm listening to this when I'm getting ready for games. And there's been some things that he's gotten involved with over the years that I was very concerned about and I got very vocal about. And that led to... Um, some kind of like heavy back and forth, like not like throwing stones at each other, but like, Hey, like, I don't believe this is a good witness. Uh, here's where I'm coming from. And we shared some messages in the DMS and then God ordained for us to meet today. And that's why I was running late to this podcast. Like, um, people just don't know that when they're listening to the podcast, they're like, Oh, they're probably like so ready on time. Like, no, I ran half an hour late. I'm still sweaty from the gym. I'm so glad that you can't smell this podcast because it I wouldn't smell good on my end. But I was able to chat with Lecrae for half an hour. And it was such a beautiful thing because I know we still disagree on some stuff and we've had some heavy disagreements. But I needed to like make sure that my eyes, ears and heart were open to have a conversation like this. And... Like it was just, it's just so cool to see the way that that God works, um, whether that's just some sort of sort of interaction online, um, or something like this, where it's like, man, I am so thankful I got a chance to talk to Him, because a lot of times too we're talking past each other online. I don't do things perfect online. I don't pretend to. I try to be a good steward, but I think that's where, you know, the sanctification process that I've gone through and learning more about scripture and apologetics and obviously first Peter three fifteen, like I need to have a defense for the hope that I have. And at times I definitely get convicted. Um, do I know how to break some of these things down? Yes, I do. Um, once I've had enough research, I got notes in my phone, blah, blah, blah. But like, is it written on my heart? Uh, that's where I'm constantly convicted, but man, it is so fun to see the journey that I'm on because, um, like just quickly too, it's like, I worked in sports media for that for those like eight years or so. And then I got canceled. I went to the gym without a mask. because uh, once the pandemic hit, I moved out of San Jose. I came to Phoenix here. It's a beautiful place with some great friends. And our governor said, decide for yourself. Then I just posted a gym mirror selfie that said, like, I'm thankful that I live in a state where I could decide for myself. God bless Arizona and God bless freedom. And you would have thought that I just murdered 50 people and then took a selfie um, of the carnage. But uh, a company called Fanatics let me go, and then that led me down a, a route of, man, like, God's going to have me reinvent my myself in my career, and he's going to give me opportunities. I got to work with Turning Point USA for two and a half years, got in conservative media. Um, I definitely had plenty of differences there that led me to – to get pushed out because they started really going a new apostolic reformation route but i'm thankful for the opportunities that were provided there and then now i'm just an independent content creator who shares stuff about faith sports uh, and other sides of the conversation when it comes to cultural topics and it's been it's been a wild journey and then especially with the next journey here getting married like You really got to understand the word. You have to be prayed up. You have to have a good accountability group around you and support system going into that because man, like I'm the authority figure in the home. I'm not the tyrant in the home. I'm not the authoritarian figure, but I need to be a leader. I need to be a provider. I need to be a protector and uh, I'm excited to see where God continues to, to lead me. And then, um, with my bride by my side, Sarah, I'm super blessed, and she's helped push me a lot too. Because, out of the two of us, I am the emotional one. That's not normally how it works. Usually, the the woman is emotional. I'm a very emotional guy. Uh, I I really want to profess the truth, and I'm gonna make sure people hear it. Um, the tone is is not always been the best. I don't feel like it's been awful. Uh, but that's something that I'm with the sanctification process and learning more about the word and how I go about this. And that First Peter three fifteen, you keep reading. It's like do this with gentleness and respect. There's times where like God um, calls us to to flip tables at times, uh, so to speak. But it's been a, it's been an amazing journey, and I'm always thankful to be able to share share my testimony because I'm I'm a rotten sinner like the rest of them. But for some for some some reason, God decided to to choose me. And I can't be more thankful for that.
0: Well, first of all, I am super excited for you and and Sarah. Uh, What a blessing. Marriage is a blessing from the Lord. And I can't wait to see you both coming together, you know, as one flesh and just uh, serve the Lord together. And um, uh, very, uh, you know, blessed and encouraged to see how she's been opening up more about her own testimony, which I hope and pray that I can have her on the podcast uh, someday. We talked about it. Uh, but, yeah, yeah you know... know, she definitely wants to at, at some
1: point. Um, and I think it's it's not only liberating for her, uh, but it can be very liberating for um, so many others because, I mean, it's just it's gospel centered. And that that's the main thing. It's like what God's done through her life and the, the pain and the struggle and the heartbreak uh, she's gone through. Like for I'm not going to share background of her story, but a story uh, part of her story that was public was cancer like the i think the first like 13 months of us dating uh 10 like 10 of those months were her biting chronic myeloid leukemia so fighting cancer and i mean she's still so servant-hearted and um yeah i can't wait for the time that she shares her story however she'd like to do that i know i've told her i'm like hey if you do want to share this uh obviously you got to be a little calculated Um, Because you start putting out some of those stories and and getting vulnerable, it can almost make you vulnerable to uh, some some heavy spiritual attacks uh, from the enemy and people that are used by the enemy. But it can also be just such an unbelievable uh, testimony. And I've told her, like, when you share that, I would like to be the one on the other side of the microphone uh, to talk to you about that. But she's got an amazing story that helps really build me up and inspire me a lot
0: yeah and ultimately you know uh one of the things that i like to obviously you know hear uh on this podcast is for people to talk about their life before christ and the life after christ right because there is that for some people it's not such a dramatic background like you know or conversion for some people they grew up their entire life in the church and that's all they knew but you know ultimately our testimonies are pointing to one person and that is jesus right it is because of him one of the things that i kept loving that you mentioned it's like well i'm not perfect it you know it doesn't mean that i've reached this level of perfection now that you know i'm a believer i am definitely not perfect if you want to know just ask my husband (laughs) he can tell you pretty well you know and it's and that's where we are we are still in this you know sinful flesh someday we will not have to do you know we won't have to deal with this sinful flesh anymore because we will have our glorified bodies but in the meantime we're in this process of sanctification where the lord is using everything that is happening in our lives to make us more like christ right that's the ultimate goal that we become more like jesus christ the one who died for our sins on the cross Um, and i would love to hear just a little bit more about that how would you describe your life before christ And then once you see, you know, and once the Lord saves you, what are some of the changes that you start noticing in your life?
1: I love to use sports analogies. So hopefully you'll get this and everybody will understand. I'll try to put this in terms that everybody can understand because I'm just, I'm a total sports nerd is there's times where we can know of someone. So I can know a bunch of stuff about Michael Jordan. I can know his stats. I could know what some of his shoe contracts were like. I can know the championships, the MVPs, what he averaged. Um, But do I have a relationship with Michael Jordan? Like, do I know him, Michael Jordan, the person, or do I just know things of him? And I felt like that's a little bit what it was like uh, with my Christian walk before was like, yeah, I knew aspects of Jesus, I knew aspects of the Trinity. Uh, there were some things that I would say I prescribed to, um, but I didn't know God. I knew of God. Uh, and there's a lot of things too, that I I could be wrong. Like the salvation process could have happened before, but I really felt like the story I shared earlier, that's when I felt like it really clicked. Um, and that's always a tough thing for, for a lot of people. Cause they're like, well, like, I'm not sure of my salvation. I know I believe these things but I know that somebody had this like amazing come to Jesus moment and they still understand sound doctrine. um, But I didn't get that. But I felt like for me, it was like, yeah, I grew up in a Christian home and a lot of these things were instilled. And I felt like maybe that was just like the pruning process is I think when you really get struck with this idea that no matter what you do, you could be the nicest person, the hardest working person, the biggest servant, but whatever we do within ourselves is like filthy rags. And I mean, that's that's one of the most convicting parts of scripture. It's like, Oh, my goodness. Like, maybe I was caught up in this moralism. And I think there's an aspect of almost like secular humanism where it's just like, oh, like, I'm a good person. And when you think that and then you get smacked in the gut with a verse like that, you're like, holy smokes, like – yeah like this isn't about me. you know'm I'm, I'm trying to insert myself on in the story here. I'm trying to make scripture about myself uh, not as much as maybe the other person, but when you start realizing that it's like it's not about the work that I've done, it's the work that's already been done on my behalf, which is an incredibly humbling thing and that's what I think um, you know while I every single time I have communion, I always think of that. Man, uh, my prayer almost every time is like, Jesus, I cannot understand the pain that you went through, the struggle that you went through, and to know that you did that for me is such a humbling experience. Like I, I just can't even fathom. Like I've had times where, um, you know, we've all been injured or we've gone through like a struggle, like physically. some people like trained for marathons. there's other times where uh, you've had heartache, but like what Jesus went through, like I, I just can't I can't even fathom. We, we watch something like The Passion of the Christ, and obviously there's going to be some people that that bring up like I don't know, Second Commandment violations or things like that. but I mean, I, you watch that that movie like you're able to get a little bit of a taste cinematically how it can be put together. To try to understand the pain the struggle and the heart heartache um, on me on my behalf and I think that's what happens when you're going through the sanctification process but even when people see me drive uh, or the way that I do that am I doing that for the glory of God and I think that's what happens when you go through the sanctification process is like when you hear something when you're new to the faith like pray without ceasing it's like well you can't talk all day. it's like what does that really mean it's like no there needs to be a posture of prayer throughout your day and there's been times and seasons i've done that really well and then other times like today where it's like man i like i was just i wasn't prayed up today too like i didn't give god this day uh i didn't give god this drive um i didn't cast these cares on him and i think that's the the beauty of grace again too is um but there is times where like we need to squash these things. There's going to be certain things um, that you're tempted to that I'm not going to be tempted to. There's going to be um, certain personality traits that you have that make you more susceptible to uh, things that are of the world that wouldn't affect me. Um, but we all have like our own, our own journey here. And I think when we're open about those things and that's the beauty of you know having a life, a life partner and that's what I'm excited for. I, I really find out like how broken I am uh, in many ways and how like I need to lean on Sarah. Um, but also at the same time too, hopefully it's an encouragement to anybody listening or watching that, you know, maybe some people are called the singleness. But that doesn't mean that you have to have um, a lifelong romantic partner in order to like be able to fight um, the schemes of the devil, these flaming arrows that we're getting every single day. Uh, You can get that through church. You can get that through some great friends and and some good family. But it's cool to see what I was like before uh, Christ saved me. And and then now it's just like it feels so nice to know God and uh, to have the moments. Like the last thing I'll say here is I know there was a movie that just came out and is called After Death won't give you a good theological breakdown of what these near-death experiences were like or anything um it's an interesting thought-provoking movie um but it got me thinking about the time when i was in san jose and i think it was like one of the only times that i was like i was super fired up about going to heaven and not saying that i'm not fired up about going to heaven like i remember just like an overwhelming just peace i'm like i can't wait to be in a glorified body um and spend eternity with my savior like it was such an amazing moment i again like my <laughs> sarah makes fun of me my buddies make fun of me my family makes fun of me my memory sucks it's so bad um so i couldn't tell you what the preaching was i couldn't tell you what songs we sang i couldn't tell you who i went to church with that day but i'll never like sometimes you won't remember what somebody said but you will remember how they made you feel and that's the same thing with that that church service it's like I, I don't remember what was being said and how the Holy Spirit was using the pastor and, and the worship. Um, but I remember how like the Holy Spirit made me feel in, in that moment. And I mean, that's the exciting thing, too. It's just like we know that we are a part of the elect, but that also doesn't mean that we're a part of just this special group that gets to sit back, relax, and then just God take me. It's like, no, we're supposed to live out that great commission, we're supposed to be good stewards of what God's provided us. And it is a very, very humbling thing to know too, that like our works don't save us, but that we will be judged by our works. So like, what have you done with this selection? Like my son, and it's, I try to remind myself of that. Uh, I always don't do a good job. Uh, I try to encourage you know, Sarah, my family, and, and my friends about that too.
0: And it is encouraging to hear um, just what you were saying even before. Um, you know, every day doesn't look like A perfect day will look like, you know, you wake up, you're in the word of God, you're in prayer, and everything just feels great, right? Quiet morning, maybe a cup of coffee, having, I mean, it just looks great. But there's some other mornings that we don't start off like that. And we can see throughout the day, right? um, Just how that truly affects our body. I mean, just like the physical body needs, um, you know, solid food, like you need the, you know, to to get food to your body so that it can function in the way that it it should. So it's the same way with your, our spiritual life. Um, You know, and I think one of the things that I've always shared with my friends is like, I mean, I knew that I was this, that I'm a sinner, that I still sin. But man, after I got married, (laughs) oh my Lord, have I always been this like sinful person, this horrible, sinful person. Like sometimes even like, you know, you can get so discouraged because you just see so much of your sins, like, and also even Pastor John. Uh, I think one of her sermons once said that the the longer you walk with the Lord, the more sensitive you become to sin. So the more you start noticing your sins, you know. And so even after I got married, I just started noticing so much more of, and not necessarily that you know it just comes out for everyone to see, but I I, I will I will see it in my heart. It all starts there, right? In your heart, in your mind. And you just feel so discouraged. And you just find yourself coming before the Lord like, Lord, I really don't want to. I don't I don't want to do that. I don't wanna think these things. I don't wanna feel this way. I don't wanna I don't want to, I don't wanna sin against you, you know. And it, it it is discouraging, but at the same time it is encouraging because you know that the Lord is through his word, you know, sanctifying you and showing you. The areas where, you know, you need growth, you need help, and that is only, you're only going to get the help through the word of God. We're constantly have to be informing our minds, you know, what the word of God has to say, what the Lord expects me to do, how I need to uh, behave even as a, as a as a believer in secret or in public, you know, both ways. It goes both ways. It doesn't matter, you know, it's not only to look good in the outside, but also what what does it look like daily? in my time with the Lord by myself, what, what is my, if anyone will watch my secret life, you know, like my, my, my life at home, what would it look like? And again, because the Lord saves us, I mean, it doesn't mean that we are perfect and that we don't sin anymore. We do, but now we are convicted of those sins. Whenever we do, the Lord convicts us through his word. And then we, you know, we repent, we come before him and we confess the sins to, to him because he is, you know, he's able and willing to forgive us our sins. And and that's what the Lord does, right? Uh, it doesn't mean that we keep on sinning and sinning, and sinning, like the same sin becoming, you know, like repeatedly, like we're fighting this flesh. Like one of the things that you were mentioning about anger, that's something that I also, I mean, that's probably one of my most challenging uh, areas in my life since the Lord's that it doesn't mean like it just goes away, like magically, it it doesn't go poof, like disappears. It's something that I know that um the Lord is constantly working in my heart. I've, I've seen a big change uh, before I will have outbursts of anger and things like that. And but I've seen the Lord working in my heart. And I really molding my heart to, to just be reminded also what the Lord thinks about that, you know, like, What an abomination it is to have this heart and or this, you know, uh, outburst of anger um, and not having self-control basically in ourselves, right? But uh, it's really encouraging just to see how the Lord uses everything that that we go through, uh, again, to make us more like his son, Jesus Christ. And we know that we will stop sinning when we go before the Lord, you know, when we leave this world finally and we are in our glorified bodies. But in the meantime, we are just work in progress mm-hmm. and we know that the Lord is always at work. He will be, bring everything to completion. So yeah. and <laughs> not specifically
1: a... too, I know with, with anger, it's, I mean, we always looked at Christ as the greatest example for how to live a faithful life mm-hmm. and a perfect life. Obviously it was a totally sinless life. And there was times where Jesus was angry, but there was a righteous anger and he didn't sin in that anger. And that mm-hmm. that's just like, a it's a, it's a foreign thing for us to think about. And I mean, I don't know. I feel like there's been times I've had righteous anger and I really haven't let that, um, go to profanity. And like, those are the kind of things where it's just like, you just can't get to that point. Like I, and that's where I think we need to be more open about that stuff. It's like, I don't cuss around my friends or my family, but there has been times like by myself, I have let anger get the best of me and I've, I've had these outbursts and I'm saying things that are just so wrong. Mm-hmm. And sure, I might be saying it under my breath to myself, but that doesn't make it okay. But when we look at the example of Christ of how to have like righteous anger, um and especially Christ knowing that like he is going to be um used and abused um by God's chosen people, the religious leaders, And someone within his own disciples, like, that's an amazing thing. Like, if anybody could have justified anger, it would be him. But obviously, it's just, it's another clear example of his divinity. It's just Mm -hmm. he did not let the things of this world get the best of him. And I know what you were mentioning earlier was, you know, John MacArthur bringing up the idea of being sensitive to sin. And I think we start really getting sensitive to Scripture, too, because we see the other side of it is like, God gives some people over to their sin. So there's a, our side of things here, we start getting very sensitive to things. And then you have the other side that's desensitized, which is a crazy dichotomy to think of. Um, And that's why I think there's an aspect knowing that like only God can unharden some of these hearts. But at the same time too, knowing that like I've had a hard heart And there will be plenty of other times throughout my life, even though just like uh, Paul says, like, why do I keep doing the things that I don't want to do? Like, and that's uh, the thing that I hope that is explained to Christians. It's like during your Christian walk, you are going to fail and you are going to fail hard. We can really appreciate people and faithful men like like John MacArthur but I think even he would admit there's been times where maybe whether it be anger or pride, like, you know, let that get in the way. Like it's a fallible man, just like we, we are uh, fallible people. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, through that process, we need to know that we still have a sensitivity to that sin, but that we are still going to sin. And, you know, that's, that's always the, the tough thing for people to figure out because they're like, well, you know, I'm saved now. And I understand these things like, isn't life supposed to get good? There's supposed to be, uh, no pain or at least little pain. There's supposed to be prosperity, uh, spiritually, financially, physically. Um, and I hope that that gospel isn't continually just pushed because that is a false gospel. There's nothing that we see in scripture that says you are going to be provided a just, perfect, comfortable life once salvation comes, like vast majority of the time it it gets actually more difficult. Um, Like we're, we're not guaranteed prosperity from the world's terms. Like we're guaranteed suffering um, in in this world. And so that suffering may look different for you than it does for me or for somebody watching or listening. Um, But I think hopefully that puts us in the mindset of, are you going to let the things of the world get the best of you? Um, and knowing that that Dave's not complete, like today, like this day is not completely lost to me. Um, and I, ha- I got a birthday party tonight. I'm super excited about, um, I know I've running late to this and then, uh, we got to get, do some prep for the party and stuff. But like this day is not lost just because, uh, I've let sin get the best of me today. Uh, and I hope that people can understand that too, is that grace is still sufficient. And there needs to be repentance though, and I know I've done that today. I'm just like God. I have sinned against you. I've let anger get the best of me. I've let anxieties um, based off my own um, disorganization. Yes, there's times where I have a LaCrae interaction, and I'm like, like look at that. Like that was a divine opportunity from God Himself to talk to somebody that I have some major, major disagreements with, and we're able to have a cordial, fruitful not exhaustive conversation, but a definitely fruitful, uh, conversation. And, um, that's the beauty is like, God's like, okay, I know you've been a little bit angry today. I know you've been a little anxious today, but like go down this aisle and then Mm -hmm. you'll see Lecrae, you need to have a conversation with him. Mm -hmm. And like, I, I don't say these things to try to like, um, I hope it's not like a lack of reverence, but I'm just like, God is a funny guy. (laughs) i can't wait to have like i i bet like jesus is very funny at times and i hope this is like uh hopefully this doesn't make people squirm but i can't wait to be laughing and joking um with christ in heaven Mm. and you know there's there's so much joy um that we can see in the gospels obviously there's so much pain um uh, as well but there's so much redemption and joy and, and grace that you know i can't wait to see uh, see christ go to heaven whenever he has me has me going and um just kind of just have some laughs and and really just live in the joy of the lord for eternity
0: yeah i think it's uh in lamentations three where it says that the lord's mercies are new every morning right great is thy faithfulness Um, And I I think that that's where we can rest that again, God's grace and mercy. Yes, they're new every morning Uh, when we repent and the Lord forgives us of our sins. It doesn't mean that he's keeping account of all the sins that I'm committing. He remembers them no more. As far as the east is from the West, so far has he he moved our transgressions. So, yes, it's like the Lord forgives us. And you move on, you know. You you're you're making sure that you are walking in a in a way that is worthy of Jesus Christ. Only through the Word of God are we able to do that, right? And it's like renewing our mind daily through the Word of God, in prayer, um, the fellowship among believers, people who are able to keep us accountable and who can, um, you know, help us to walk the you know the walk that we're being called to to do in this life. Um, and so that's only possible. Obviously, you have the church, you have your friends, you know, have the prayer, you have God. So it's like you're not fighting the bottle alone, that God has given all of these things and has surrounded you with all of these things so that you don't have to, you know, we don't have to do it alone. So that's why if I know that there is an area in my life that I'm having a challenge with that I'm, you know, fighting, that's why I come under, you know, the discipleship or 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 mentorship or you know the discipleship of other people who maybe have been walking longer with the lord you know people that i know that love the lord that are you know constantly in prayer and in the word of god so that they can remind my mind you know like speak to me about the truth of of the that we find in the word of god because his word is true right so i i think that The Lord has not left us alone in this life. And even after he saved us, it doesn't mean like, okay, you're saved, good riddance, go move on. You know, it it doesn't work like that. Uh, He's constantly uh, changing us and uh, just growing us and our sanctification and has given us so many different tools. And that one being the most important, the word of God, that is the most important one. So yeah, I mean, praise the Lord for that. And what a blessing. Uh, But now I would like to, I know that you, kind of mentioned a little bit about uh, the different places where you have worked and or you know the the different opportunities that the Lord has given you um can you just give us a little bit more information about like the different sports that you played uh and also what are some of the places again how do you get to those different places of where you worked before and where you are working now
1: yeah i mean i've always loved sports uh My brother always pushed me in sports along with my dad and some great friends that I played football, basketball, baseball, tennis, ran track. That's what I did, you know, in my younger years. And then when I got to to high school, um, I always wanted to play in college, but I I think I just had a clear understanding. I'm not going pro in sports. Um, I'm probably not going to play high level, uh, sports as in D one. I was lucky enough to play D two football at Azusa Pacific, but I remember watching as a kid this show called Dream Job and it was on ESPN. It was about people competing for a spot to be a sports center anchor. And I mean, that was sports in its heyday. I was like, this is great. There's the Stuart Scotts out there that, that have their own like lingo and catchphrase. And, you know, sports are fun because for me, sports are, they have the ability at least to be the most unifying outlet out there and you know you have war-torn countries that can be on the same court mat field during the olympics like that's that's a beautiful thing and there's times where people can go to sports games and you can hug this person right next to you after you saw a home run you have no idea how they voted you don't know what they believe in you have no idea what their socioeconomic background is but you're able to share in sport together. So for me, I wanted to get into sports media. So uh, yeah, I went to Azusa Pacific played D2 football there interned at a few different places, including NBC sports Bay area. Uh, That's in the San Francisco Bay area. I worked for KCR three, Sacramento, small news station, worked in their sports department. That was my first internship. And for me, I was like, I'm going to work my way into broadcast sports media and, uh, I didn't want to go to like some Hobuck town um, and just work for some local news station. So uh, a big thing at games was in arena hosts, and that was becoming a little bit more prominent. So someone that's on the mic that's running the games, doing some of the interviews. He's the MC of the the night, he or she is. And I was like, man, like maybe that's a great way for me to get into sports. And uh, I didn't get a job with the Atlanta Falcons uh, doing social media. I thought that maybe might be my end and then I could try to do a little bit of this other stuff. But I mean, I, I felt like I was kind of born to be an entertainer. Uh and you know, God gave me a specific personality and skill set. Obviously, a skill set I've really needed to work on. But I started working for a minor league baseball team, single A baseball. So uh for people that don't know, like baseball is probably the toughest sport to get to the major leagues. Uh when you get drafted out of college football, you go right into the NFL. Uh now with the NBA, you'll go into like the the G League maybe. Uh, but, you know, when you get drafted, you go straight to the NBA. Uh, but with baseball, you go single A, double A, triple A, Major League Baseball. So I was working single A. And a, a lot of times, too, it's not really a great facility. There's not a ton of people that go. But I was lucky enough to work for the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes, uh, L.A. Dodgers affiliate. Um, we had a really, really good team that year, but I was the in-game host. And I had an alter ego that time. It was called Crazy Jay. So I dressed up in a top hat. I had a suit jacket. Uh, I had these suit shorts that I wore. And then it was like basically a baseball cleats. And, and I, that was that's that was my shtick. And that was what they, they did. And I, I learned how to be better live, uh, how to run games, make things engaging, put together content that eventually could get me to – higher level in sports. Um, and that's when I got a job with the San Jose sharks, uh, worked for their minor league team halfway through that first season. Uh, they had an opening to be the in arena host for the big club. And I wanted to parlay that into being a reporter, uh, online, uh, provide content for them that, you know, maybe other teams aren't putting together. So like, that was my thing is like, I'm going to start working for these teams. And then hopefully this is going to be able to build an, uh, a good enough resume to work my way up to a major broadcast network. And God provided me an opportunity to work for the Sharks for five seasons. I was able to host their most viewed and successful online series they ever put together. It's called Off Days. So it was just showcasing what players were like off the ice, whether they were traveling on the road for the game or was during the off season. That was a lot of fun. Um and the shark tank is what they call it. That's the, that's the arena, the nickname for it. And yeah, we had, to, we had some really good runs during those seasons. That was during 2015 to, to 2020 and before the pandemic hit, um, I was working for the San Jose sharks, the Santa Cruz warriors, which is the golden state warriors G league team, which is basically triple a uh, professional basketball. Uh, I was doing some acting Uh, during the time and i knew that like i'm getting to a point where i put the work in i'm ready to get a job with a major broadcast network whether that's a little bit more local with nbc sports or i'm going to try to continue to use my connections with fox sports and nbc sports is i had an opportunity to do some stuff with nbc sports for the olympics and then the pandemic hit and that opportunity or at least some potential of that opportunity is lost, got let go from the sharks. Uh, There was really little to no work that were, was being done with the Santa Cruz warriors, major broadcast networks were letting go of some of their top best talent. So I was at this place where it's like, Oh my goodness, Lord, I've worked so hard to get to this place. And right before I'm taking this next step in my career, nothing's available. And then what ended up happening was moved out to Phoenix. And then I had an opportunity to do some work with that company. I brought up earlier, fanatics uh, that ended up letting me go after not wearing a mask at the gym. And that was like the final straw where I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like, what am I going to do? And then I was working for turning point USA at the time actually, but I didn't tell anybody publicly about that. Cause I knew if I came out as conservative, that's, that's a death wish. It's like, you're, you're done. You're not getting a job with these major networks. And I always needed to really worry about what I said and how I said it. Uh, I was always vocal about my faith, but you know, if you're starting to bring up things about uh, the LGBTQ community or something, or I don't know, race or geopolitical stuff, like I just, it just wasn't fruitful for me to bring a lot of that stuff up. Um, so I had those conversations behind the scenes, but I mean, you gotta be a little bit strategic. Um, and that's what I was figuring. And then I got to this point where I'm like, all right, I got canceled. Now I'm going to start covering the side of sports that people really don't hear very much else. And there's a few people like Clay Travis and Jason Whitlock, Jason Whitlock's with the blaze, uh, Clay Travis is with outkick the coverage and they cover almost like the conservative side of sports. Uh, I wouldn't really call Clay Travis, like just a um, or outkick a very conservative company, especially with some of the stuff they ended up sharing, but they ended up hitting on conversations that you're not hearing from ESPN. You're not hearing from Fox sports, not hearing from these major athletes. And then God provided me a platform to not only speak to faith issues, but conservatism and this other side of sports hosting a show for them for a little bit. It's, it was refreshing for people because they, they were having politics and leftist politics just shoved down their throat. And for me now I got nothing to lose so I can share these things and turning Point USA was not going to cancel me for speaking out against Colin Kaepernick and the nonsense that he pushes or this uh, BLM infused MBA WMBA stuff and um, then it got to a point where you know in my career that you know God was doing amazing work in uh, in my life and I got introduced to reform theology about you uh, three a little over three years ago about three and a half years ago and as through my good friend reagan scott and you know i i got i always loved Vody Bacham. i listened to him so much uh i saw some paul washer stuff my brother went to the master's university so i knew of john MacArthur. you know costi Hins become a great mentor of mine and, and a friend and but i started getting introduced to Uh, the doctrine of the sovereignty of God and election and tulip and Cal, yeah, aspects of Calvinism. And it was like, it was really rocking me to my core. And then I was like, Oh my goodness. like God's doing such a mighty work in the sanctification process through me that people need Jesus. I already knew that, but I'm starting, God's opening my eyes to a lot of this false doctrine and false teaching. And then, Um, I became empowered to speak on these things, not as like I'm not an authority figure. I'm not a theologian. Um, I'm not an apologist. Maybe in in some senses, there's so much that I need to learn, but that I felt like I was comfortable enough to talk about and lead to conversations because I saw a lot of godlessness. And I I bring up this is like there's a real danger of Christless conservatism. And I was seeing that a lot at turning point usa and the people associating with them and especially when i ended up working for their faith department and uh when it first got started they were trying to connect with people of various different faiths just to kind of get them engaged in the voting process i basically thought that was like the marketplace in the church and then you're asking reps and people to start compromising their faith just because they might meet with a mormon or they might meet with a Jew, and I was just like, I feel like if you guys create a department, it's got to be rooted in scripture. Like, that's that's it. Like, you can't just keep telling these people that are godless and Christless to just keep voting for Republicans, basically. So they ended up kind of revamping it, and then they went, like I mentioned earlier, like, I'm super thankful for the opportunity God gave me because... I had some really tough conversations when they were going a very new apostolic reformation route. Like you're connecting with false teachers that are promoting a false doctrine. And these are false salvations. And this is a false sense of revival and it is not glorifying or honoring to Christ at all. And you know, that led me to getting fired. I I got let go because of that stuff. Uh, And now, like, God's provided some amazing opportunities. So like, I make my money off social media. Like, that's it's bonkers. It's such a weird, feels like a fake thing. Um, but like, God's given me this platform, which isn't massive, but um, there's enough people that follow me and trust me uh, for what I have to say. Uh, and hopefully just continue to use my platform to uh, push people to some really solid authority figures. Like I push people to the John MacArthur's. I push people to Justin Peter's when it calls, uh, comes to, uh, the false teachings that we're seeing in the church, the word of faith movement, NAR. Um, and then so many other people like Mike Gendron, the way that God's used him, um, to really expose what's going on with the Roman Catholic faith and within the Roman Catholic church. And, um, it's been, it's been quite the journey. I feel like God's, had me reinvent myself and my career, uh, in in many ways. But now being able to share some of these things online, hopefully lead to good conversations, which lead to interactions with Lecrae, and then now it leads to the interaction in person. And it's I'm super thankful for those things. And then I get to do work with G3, like people that tuned into that. I was a host of the live stream, and I'm still able to use that skill set that God's provided me. Um, to interview people and have a lot of those tough conversations. I really appreciate the opportunity to have tough conversations, whether it's me making a major statement on behalf of myself or uh, just trying to play the best journalist I possibly can uh, while being a faithful Christian. When I talk to someone like Owen Strand about Christian nationalism, like it's a very, very heavy topic right now. Uh, I don't feel like there's a lot of fruitful conversations happening. Uh, I think Owen would probably admit that he's not doing everything perfect, but I know there's a lot of people that are mad at him and then he's not happy with some people on the other side. And then there's a lot of divisiveness in the church and the body of Christ online. Uh, But God provided me an opportunity to ask him questions that were hopefully enlightening to both sides of the debate. And that's, that's where You know, hopefully God continues to lead me in that direction that uh, I can continue to do more interviews and um, provide more content that that leads to conversations and and hopefully just get people to this place of there is an authority figure and you either bow down to it or reject it. And there's there's only there's only really two choices there. (laughs) Like, um, you're either going to follow Christ or you're not. You're going to obey his word or you're not and uh it's it's been a fun journey and i appreciate all the people that that trust me enough to follow me and uh, support me in those ways and the companies that um, you know hire me out for campaigns and, and things like that it, it means uh, a heck of a lot to me
0: yeah well and friends like you on social media um i've really i've i've learned from you guys you know uh, i love um, you daryl and virgil and Justin Peters, um, all of you guys, you know, addressing different topics, especially to current events in the world, right? And bringing that biblical worldview. um, How do we respond? How do we respond to certain situations? How do we respond to all these movements that have, you know, rise up and have taken the spotlight basically Mm -hmm. nowadays? So, uh, you know, you guys are some of the guys that I trust. And I know that, you know, I'm only, I'm always going to be Learning something that will always point me to Scripture. How do I see this situation right now through the lens of the Bible, not through my emotions, not how I feel, but how, what does the Bible have to say about this? How do we we respond as believers? So I'm very very grateful, and I pray you know that the Lord continue to open many many doors for you and continue to grow you know those platforms and the people will, if they want to get you know those great inputs, they go and follow uh, you guys is. Uh, social media. I don't think you still have a podcast, right? Or YouTube channel. No, no I know
1: <laughs> there's, there's a lot of people that are pushing me to have a podcast. I think you
0: should. I was going to yeah, ask. <laughs> I, as,
1: as you know, it's, it's a lot of work and I just, I yeah. feel like I would really want to be a good steward of, of a podcast. It, and as of right now, I, I don't know if I really have the bandwidth. There's a lot mm-hmm. of conversations that I want to have. Uh, but um, I really don't think I'm going through analysis paralysis. I think I'm doing a good job as of right now saying no. But mm-hmm. the fact that there are people that are like, yeah, like I enjoy your content, I enjoy what you have to say on Twitter, I enjoy the content you put together on Instagram, some of the things you do on on YouTube. Uh, people can appreciate the conversations that I had at G3. and it's super uplifting for people to say like you have a skill set that God's provided you. So mm-hmm. you know hopefully sometime in, in the near future, Uh, I can, I can put that together maybe sometime this next year. Um, I can do that because I, I think as of right now, the, the busy schedule, I've done so much traveling and, uh, you know, especially preparing for a wedding. Um, Yep.
0: Focus on your wedding. (laughs) Yeah. And
1: it's like, that's, that's a very important thing that I don't want, uh, another like major project to, uh, to take away from. And I think too, I need to spend some time in prayer to figure Mm -hmm. out, okay, what's my main purpose and goal behind a, behind a podcast. You understand your mission and goal here with the way that you go about your podcast. And, um, you have a specific understanding that when your audience rolls in, they know what they're getting. Mm -hmm. So for me that I involve myself in so many different topics and so many different discussions that I would need to make sure that, you know, I don't need to pigeonhole myself in a spot, but I need to make sure that like, if I put it together, Uh, It needs to have a clear mission, a clear goal. And I think if I did probably drop a podcast sometimes this next year, it would just be interviews. Um, I I enjoy that the most, Mm -hmm. Um, especially when there's heavy topics, even like right now, the new American gospel docuseries is trying to come out. um, And that exposes things like uh, the new apostolic reformation and things like grave soaking and false revivals and, Uh, misuse of uh, really the the gifts of the spirit abuse of those things that you know i i think of myself in a position where it's like i want to just sit down with with dr michael brown um maybe do i play mediator uh for something um will god provide me a platform because those are the things i think of like again with like owen strand it's like I'm genuinely interested. And there's people that have legitimate questions. Yes, there's plenty of trolls. And some of this conversation is just not fruitful. And, you know, in the grand scheme of things, sometimes a waste of time, like, I want to have those conversations. Um, So if it ends up being like that, this next year, we'll see. But as of right now, I just post content on YouTube, uh, a little bit, uh, but mostly uh, Twitter and and Instagram. And as of right now, that's good enough for me. Along with the uh, the other work that I do.
0: Yeah, and I mean I totally get it. And I think that's something that the Lord has taught me since I started this podcast. I mean, it's been now three years. And you know, in the beginning there is I mean, we were posting probably every week. Uh we were releasing an episode. Oh my gosh, um, that's so much work. Yeah. I mean, and I am the only one doing the editing and it is a lot of work, you know, and I I truly love this podcast. I truly love obviously, you know, hearing testimonies of how the Lord has saved so many brothers and sisters. And I am so grateful for everyone who, you know, who, who, who is listening to the podcast and who is watching probably on YouTube. And I've had people message me or in person, like, Hey, when are you releasing a new episode? And, you know, it's like, I want to, and I have a bunch of like interviews that I've done pre-recorded and I just need to edit them, but it's just like, well, my first ministry is my marriage, you know. Uh, that's my first ministry, and then not to say also, then you know, I have my ministry in the church and the local body. You know, like I'm serving. My husband and I are involved in our church, and so we are. We're you know, putting that time. But then also, like we, you were saying to you were traveling a lot. So I was traveling to for for work for the past month, and so it's like you know, I. I am grateful that the Lord has given me this platform and this opportunity, but I also know that I will work according to the Lord's schedule for me. Um, You know, there are other things that are, that have a priority. As much as I love my podcast, you know, it's like, it's not, the first ministry. My first ministry is my marriage and uh, my home. So, and then I work and all of this. So, yeah. So, you know, you just, you say you do it according to what the Lord, you know, the time that the Lord provides you with. And that's, that's what I've been learning for for the past three years. It's like, okay, Lord, I get it. I know that that I have this big plan and I have this big goals, you know, with the podcast and where I want to see it to go. But I know that right now, if it's just once a month that I post, maybe, I don't know. (laughs) It's like, honestly, it has changed so much, but you know, I'm grateful. And I just praise the Lord that I get this, that we get this opportunity to do something other than everything else that the Lord has given us to do all the tasks, you know, that that the Lord has entrusted us with. So uh, hopefully that's
1: encouraging for people to like, just do content. If you want to do content, make sure it glorifies God and have a good time doing it. Like if it starts becoming a chore, maybe that's time to stop. Yeah. Um, And maybe that's where like you kind of like figured out, like doing like you're biting off more than you can chew. And just like, okay, now that I'm doing like maybe like once a month, it's just you enjoy it more. Like you're not here to try to like monetize this and try to find a bunch of advertisers and like, yeah, I yeah, know, like for me, like if I launched a podcast, that's probably what I'd be looking to do. Cause I mean, that's, that's, that's my work. That's how I make money. But like, there's so many people,
0: yeah.
1: uh, faithful Christians like you, that are just like, man, I, I want to create content. I want to have conversations and I just want to be a good steward of what God's provided me. And I want to have a good time doing it. And yeah. that's hopefully what people like need to realize too, is not every YouTube channel, not every podcast is going to pop off. Um, but there's so many important conversations and it's nice to have an outlet like this, to just share testimonies, have authentic, clear conversation about what God's done and continues to do in our life. And, you know, God's going to do what he does with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's going to be times where like, if you want to try to make a business out of this, like plenty of people may be watching or listening. It's like, yeah, you go through those steps, but maybe there's other times where it's like, this just needs to be the fun thing that you do. Mm -hmm. And that's what you enjoy doing. And it's a nice break from whatever other job you have or whatever responsibilities that you have outside of that.
0: Yeah, it is always encouraging for me. I mean, this morning, just, you know, as I was doing my Bible time with, you know, my cup of coffee, (laughs) it was one of those good mornings, right? Where everything is like quiet and, and show and great. off
1: your, your morning was way better than my <laughs> no
0: <laughs> but that not every morning looks like that you know some mornings are, <laughs> they start pretty crazy and and the lord reminds me of that throughout the day and just to set my heart you know right before the lord but yeah it was just encouraging to think about you know i was just just looking back at my life thinking about my own testimony where the lord you know brought me out of and i was just so grateful sitting there just thanking the Lord, like, you know, why, why did you choose me? Why did you, you know, and it's one of those things that you just don't understand. You can't even comprehend, but yet the Lord did it. You know, he chose us. He loves us. I mean, we were his enemies and yet the Lord decided, I want to have that fellowship, eternal fellowship with you. I want you to be part of my family because that's what we are, right? We're part of the family of God now. And it's just those kind of things It just make you praise the Lord even more. Like, why would you even do that, Lord? Like, thank you. Thank you so much. Like me, I don't deserve it at all. Like, by all means, I do not deserve it. <laughs> so uh, it's just one of those things that it's like, yeah, it, it's good to be reminded of the work that the Lord has done in our life. Remind ourselves, like, look where you were, but look where you are now. And it's all because of Christ. It's all because of God's power to save. But, yeah, I'm so grateful just for all the work that the Lord has done in your life. And again, I know that you mentioned where people can find you, but I definitely want you, uh, whoever is listening, that they can go and, you know, uh, just uh, follow your accounts and, you know, and, and get all the great content that you're putting out there, especially for current events that, you know, like to get well-educated and again through the lens of the Bible. So again, so I will put the links on the description, but if you just want to say it for those who are listening, how they can find you.
1: Yeah. I'm most active on YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram, Uh, Twitter and Instagram or X. uh, If you, if you like to call it that now is uh, at Johnny root, J O N N Y R O O T underscore. And then YouTube is youtube.com slash at, John Root. So J-O-N-R-O-O-T. I am really not as active as I want to be on, on YouTube, but hopefully there's some good content there. I know I was in the middle of the chosen controversy with the pride flag there and shared some more of my takes on um, interactions that I had with um, different actors and in the show within itself. And then been trying to put together some content about what the top three GOP candidates uh, believe about uh christ the bible um and really everything in between coming out with a part two about uh trump's religious views um which i think has been helpful to to a lot of people i definitely find myself in a lot of uh hot water with people <laughs> that are unfortunately caught up in uh in the cult of it I'm not saying that everybody that uh, i mean i voted for the man twice um and if he's the nominee again, I'll just say it on the podcast, I'd, I'll vote for him again. Uh, he's a very fallen um, individual, but I do bring up uh, things like that, like the heavy conversations about, yes, I can't stand what's going on here in this administration. Uh, I can, I'm can. i conservative through and through. Um, yeah, God needs to be honored. And he needs to be honored through our laws and the way we interact and go about things in every single institution. Uh, but we still do need to filter everything through scripture, even the people that we vote for. And uh, I think a lot of people, for them, it's been enlightening. And, um, yeah, I know that people don't – you're not voting for a pastor-in-chief. Yes, if we are going to use the Vivek, Ramaswamy line, uh, you're, you're voting for a commander-in-chief. But at the same time, too, like it does get concerning if people are trying to claim Christ and don't really live for Christ. Or people have things like uh, Vivek um, – One of his uh, 10 truths is number one, that God is real. And then he comes out and says on the Pat Bed David podcast that um, Jesus isn't God. So it's like, what God are you talking about? And I think those are important conversations. Yes, they're a little bit more niche. Yes, you can appreciate some people's policies. You can critique them while also supporting them. Uh, But I think these are more questions that Christians need to ask and hopefully that leads to more conversations and then yeah, share a lot of different content online. Super blessed to have people follow along. Uh, hopefully I can make some people laugh. Uh, hopefully get some people to think. Um, and yeah, I think at times for the other side of the aisle, it can be very triggering, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah. it's been it's been a fun, wild ride. Very thankful for that.
0: Yeah, and again, I will put make sure to find the links here on the description for his social media and YouTube channel. But now I'm going to move on to my signature question of the podcast. Uh, With the first one, what are some of your favorite books? Do you have any books that have been helpful other than the Bible? Of course, we know the Bible is the main book, right? But other than the Bible, have you, you know, do you have any books that you're currently reading reading or read before that have been, you know, helpful for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, currently reading right now, uh, again, I I just feel like in general I've been thrown into a ton of conversations and if people are in conversations with uh, Roman Catholic family members or friends or just really want to get a clear understanding of, you know, what happened at the Reformation? Like, why are we Protestants? Um, the, the book by, it's by Norman Geisler and that breaks down, um, Roman Catholics and evangelicals agreements and differences. It is a fascinating read. It is a, it's a big old book, it, but it is awesome. Um, reading everyone's, a, uh, everybody's a theologian, uh, by R.C. Sproul. Uh, just read his introduction to, um, apologetics i think that's what it uh what was called and you know that's that was a great read uh i love reading the lord of the rings books those are fantastic so if you're looking for something that's just kind of like gets you out of the uh, theological mindset um those are fun my favorite book of all time is the phantom toll booth it's definitely a kid's book but it's just a fascinating allegory uh kind of life and friendships and math and science and um and the kind of the journey we go through it's that's really awesome um and then i know a book uh like uh, i got fault lines actually right here by bodie bacham that's a good breakdown of you know the social justice movement and how that's being pushed in the church um and then i really do um and i hate saying these things but like i don't really know what pastor mark batterson like really his theological breakdown is too much uh he's out in dc but he had a book called draw the circle it's a a 40-day prayer challenge uh and i i think there's always been some quotes in there that just put me in the right mindset of being prayerful uh every single day and that idea of praying without ceasing um a breakdown of just like sometimes we need to go through the 40 days in the desert that spiritually mold us sometimes those are actually 40 days maybe those are um, years. Maybe those are months, like what, whatever it may be, um, that spiritually mold us. And the way that we pray, um, a lot of times we want God to just take stuff away. So we pray these like, get out prayers. God, just take me out of this. Get me out of this. It's like, no, like maybe there needs to be a clear understanding of you're getting through this. And the only way that you get through this is with Christ. And mm-hmm. so that, that book's been impactful um, to me and um yeah there's there's so many books that i need to get through i am not the best reader i'll be honest i'm like I have a bunch i'm 80 i'm ADD. i i'm just like oh my gosh why did i just think about this random person from high school while i'm reading this line <laughs> like I, i'm the worst but yeah yeah it's been there's there's mm-hmm. some some really really great books that uh, i've been able to chew on and then uh, fat the last one i'll say too is uh Costihan's book uh, just came out recently. Knowing the Spirit is absolutely fantastic. I think it's a fantastic biblical breakdown. Uh, It tells you kind of how to apply these things at the end of each chapter as well, because sometimes you can read these heavy theological books. and It's like, I don't understand what R.C. Sproul is saying. Like, he's so smart. Uh, But with, with Kosti, he's able to break it down in terms that don't devalue the Trinity, don't devalue the Holy Spirit, don't devalue our reverence that we're supposed to have uh, for our triune God. But it's able to – you're able to work through it and make it really applicable um, while being founded in, in Scripture. It's really, really well done.
0: All right. My next question. What are three things that bring you joy?
1: Number, number one, I know it sounds just sappy, is um, – my fiance does, um, she, she, she really does. She's just got the sweetest heart and it's making me even feel emotional right now too. Like she's just, she's been an absolute godsend and yeah, I can't wait to spend the rest of my life with her. And she's, yeah, such a, she brings such a healthy balance, um, to really what I need. And it's a beautiful thing to know that like, I'm able to really add to, um, what she lacks, and we're able to get to this journey and, um, you know, really bring a lot of joy. There's times where I can unfortunately get too caught up in certain things and, um, that it takes away joy. But I mean, together, like I've found so much joy in that relationship. Um, I find so much joy in just having fully present, open and honest conversations. I mean, I find so much value, joy, and fulfillment in those. Like, there's times where um, I just have sat down with people for, like, two, three hours. And, like, it's just so nice to just, like, go through the gauntlet of questions and get to know them. And I I love that. And then also, too, I am... I find a lot of joy in just fellowship with friends. Um, And I know I'm probably missing some things, some other things that like really, really bring me joy, but I love getting friends together. Like tonight, uh, having a birthday party, like that brings me so much joy is just really, really seeing how God's provided me way too many friendships way too many people that help challenge me and encourage me um those three things um and if i just add a bonus um it's uh number four would be like obviously just my family too i'm i'm super excited i'm uh, i'm an uncle now i'm finally getting to meet my nephew my brother and and sister-in-law they live out in australia uh, so i'm finally getting to meet my, my nephew in a few weeks. And I think that's going to bring me joy that I might not have felt maybe other members of my family haven't felt like all together as a as a family unit. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think it's just like, friends, family, fiance community, those things bring
0: me a lot of joy and obviously this podcast um we know our focus is sharing the testimony of salvation and obviously it it points always to that one person which is jesus christ so for anyone who is listening or watching why do we need jesus christ
1: we're going to one of two places we're going to heaven or we're, we're going to hell um and And there's this this idea, too, of unfortunately, people believe that they can live this life without Christ, uh, as if Christ didn't knit them in their mother's womb, um, as if Christ didn't have a specific purpose for each and every single one of us. Um, We need we need Christ because we're meant and made for fellowship with him. Um, And. That's where, like, bringing it back to that movie again. That's not going to give you the theological breakdown of near-death experiences, but it it gets you to really think about uh, some of the questions, like, why are we made? And I shared a reel about that the other day. It's like, what's our purpose? And you know, we were made by and for God. Um, and honestly, if you if you don't have Jesus Christ, you're finding salvation in something else. You're finding purpose, value, and fulfillment. And things that are eternally empty. You could be the most worldly, moral person, uh, if that's even a phrase, um, ever. But that, do- that doesn't save you. Um, you're going to be left wanting. And I think I understand in my life having Jesus Christ, I don't – I I know Sarah and I were talking about this the other day. Like, I just don't know how people go through pain, struggle, heartbreak, even successes without Christ. Like, I I just don't like, that's what we lean on all the time. Like if we're going through something like give it to Christ, uh, there's something we're provided. Thank Christ. Um, and I hope that people start to realize that too. It's just like, you need the authentic Christ, the, the God of the Bible. That is the Jesus you need, not a reconstructed, deconstructed Christ. You need the the Christ of the Bible. And from there, I just guarantee you, you're going to find the purpose that you've been looking for, the value you've always wanted, and the fulfillment you've been searching for.
0: Amen. And Jesus himself uh, said it, that he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life, right? Um, no one comes to the Father except through him, so... Yes, the only way that we can have any fellowship or become part of God's family is through Jesus Christ, repenting of our sins and confessing our sins to God. And we'll live in our hearts that, you know, God sent his son to die for our sins, that he was that He died on the cross for our sins, but he was uh, buried and then resurrected. And that same resurrection, just is a proof of God's satisfaction on his son, the wrath of God was satisfied on Jesus Christ on the cross. And yes, friends, we need Jesus Christ because without Christ, you and I, you know, will be completely lost and deserve a righteous punishment of eternity in hell. So, but because now we are in Christ, God has given us something that we do not deserve, right? That's the mercy of God that he's giving us something that we do not deserve. And that is his grace, um, um, which is a gift from God and Thank you again, Johnny, for uh, joining me. It's been such a sweet time just getting to know you and to hearing, to hear just uh, the marvelous work of salvation of, you know, God in your life. And I'm so grateful for everyone who is listening or watching today. And I hope and pray that this is an encouragement and for anyone who does not know Christ, that they will come to know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. And again, if you guys ever have any questions about anything that we talked in here, please send us an email or you can uh, reach out to us through social media. But before we go, Johnny, will you please close us in prayer?
1: Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, dear Lord, thank you for an amazing opportunity to um, share more about you and what you've done uh, in and through myself and um, everybody watching and listening to this. Just thank you again for for your grace it is sufficient and never never really be able to understand uh, the extent uh of that grace fully but um thank you that we have opportunities to share the good news uh pray that you'll continue to uh fortify um each and every one of us involved with this podcast listening and watching um, knowing that we have a specific uh, mission and goal is to make disciples we live into uh, that command every single day. Um, pray that you'll continue to soften every single one of our hearts um, that we can spread the gospel and give the good news and make disciples, uh, disciples. Uh, with gentleness and respect. Um, give us the ability to discern um, how to fight, when to fight, what battles to um, to pick. And please continue to remind us and encourage us to put on the full armor of God without it. Um, we're, suscept- we're susceptible to so many schemes of, of the enemy and, and flaming arrows. Please provide every single one of us here uh, here in this prayer an uh, uh, awesome community uh, that pushes us, challenges us, and encourages us to be better reflections of you. Thank you for this same.
0: Amen. Amen.